I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. Oh, friends, I am so glad that you're here. Uh, Lots going on. Uh, First of all, I am kind of (laughs) tired. I had a late night last night. A a friend of mine came over, and we we enjoyed the finer things of life. Uh, And by that, of course, I mean uh, a a fine beer, uh, a, a nice pipe, and excellent conversation. And I hope that you have someone uh, in your life that you can do that kind of thing with. Now, maybe you're not a pipe person. Uh, that's fine. I have a pipe really rarely because I, I had this thought, um, and I've talked about this when the, the guys from the Catholic Man Show were on here. I had this thought uh, a couple of years ago, who do I want to be when I grow up, right? You know, I'm here I am. I'm, I'm quickly approaching 40, and and uh, I ought to be grown up now. I, I imagined in myself that... Uh, in my mind as I was younger, that I would have it all together by now. And uh, I've come to realize that that's just not the case. And most adults uh, don't feel like they necessarily have it all together. And so uh, it was time to grow up. And so uh, I, I ask myself, what do, who do I want to be when I grow up? And the picture that I have of, of a grown-up man because I, I personally am a man, so that's the picture I have of being grown up, uh, is, is uh, sitting in a high-back chair in a library in front of a roaring fireplace wearing a, uh, a jacket with leather elbow patches, uh, drinking a single malt scotch and smoking a pipe. This is the picture I have. It's this picture of, uh, of a certain kind of education, a certain kind of, uh, of way of approaching the world. And, and I don't know that I'll ever fully have what it is I picture and what it is I, I want. But I figured I can go ahead and start um, by doing the things I can do. Uh, and so I started buying single malt scotch instead of other things. Uh, and I picked up the pipe, and I rarely, po- rarely, rarely do I smoke a pipe, but I do uh, enjoy it when I when I can. So uh, I had a guy over. Um, he's a he's not Catholic yet, uh, and if he's listening to this, that's very important yet, right? Uh, he is uh, in seminary at the uh, at the same seminary I went to back in the day because I'm back in in the Kentucky area, so just down the street from my old alma mater. And uh, so he was over. We were having a great discussion about how to solve all the problems of the world, or at least our own problems, and uh, just had a grand old time, but stayed up a little later than I was anticipating staying up. And so I am, uh, how shall we say, I'm, I'm beat. <laughs> I'm, I am beat today, but it was worth every moment of sleep deprivation to have that kind of uh, camaraderie, that kind of conversation. And, of course, he being not a Catholic yet, um, we're not going to agree on everything. And so we had some nice, lively conversation and debate over uh, a number of issues, from from politics to how politics interacts with religion to those crazy things that Catholics believe, because that's, yeah, that's what we talk about. So had a great time with him, uh, and I, and I— I encourage you. Uh, what does it look like? What, what are you going to be when you grow up? 
right? Don't wait. You are. You're there. Go ahead and uh, start pursuing those things that you've always wanted to pursue, right? We can get so busy and caught up with the daily grind and the tasks that are right in front of us that we forget to enjoy the life uh, that we have. Uh, we, we don't spend the time uh, being the parents that we anticipate being. You know, I had this idea of what it was going to be like to be a, a dad, and I certainly have those moments where, uh, you know, you, you help the kid learn to ride the bike or you uh, play catch in the backyard. But um, they, they happen far less frequently than I anticipated happening. And so sometimes you just have to say, you know what, I'm putting this task that I am doing that seems so important to me right now, I'm going to put it down and I'm going to live my dream, right? I had this dream of what it was going to be like to be an adult. I am going to put down my adulting things that I think are so important, and I'm going to go live my dream of what I thought it was going to be like to be an adult. And so I encourage you, take some time this coming week and put down your adulting and live your dream. So um, a part of that for me is I'm going to go spend some time here in the next couple of days. I'm going to get away from the world. And uh, all my tasks, all my everythings. I'm going to go spend some time at a monastery uh, because the silence and the the opportunity to still all the voices in my head and just sit and listen to the voice of God, uh, it, it stubbornly sit and listen and wait and listen a little bit longer and wait. Um, and, and subdue those uh, frenetic voices in my head that tell me I should be doing something, right? Uh, and so I'm going to go and spend uh, just, just one evening and a uh, little bit of an extra day and spend it in quiet at a monastery. Uh, it's a practice I picked up before I became Catholic, actually. I started out going to... Uh, first first monastery I ever went to was Clear Creek Monastery out in uh, Oklahoma, and that's all extraordinary form. It's all in Latin. I didn't understand a word of it. Uh, I had a certain expectation for what Benedictine hospitality looked like, and it was more, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I thought it was, but it was not the uh, the French Benedictine nature of that, that specific abbey. I've since uh, gone back there and had a, a grand old time. But my first experience as a non-Catholic coming into that place was, was kind of tricky. Uh, and then I've also been to Subiaco uh, out in Arkansas a couple of times. Great little uh, retreat center they have there. So this is the first time here in Kentucky that I'm going to go to the Abbey of, the, of Gethsemane, which is um, it's where Thomas Merton was. Of course, Thomas Merton had that prayer, um, Lord, my Lord God, I do not know where I am going. And it's one of my all-time favorite prayers. It's one that I can connect with very well. And, and while I don't necessarily agree with everything Thomas Merton ever wrote, I am looking forward uh, to going and spending a little bit of time out in that lovely place. Well, I assume it's lovely because it's, you know, just south of Bardstown. Uh, but to spend some time in the silence. So I, those are both things that I think are, are exceptionally important. One, to pretend and live the dream about what adulting really means, right? Uh, what, what, what I pictured adulting being. And then also to get away and to be absolutely, utterly silent. And that's really difficult for me. I mean, you listen to this show, you know. It's not my favorite thing in the world to be quiet. Uh, and yet, sometimes I just need to shut my mouth and listen to what it is that God's calling me to do. 
you know, if you're like me, you, you, you want to know what God has for you. And, uh, we just get so busy asking that sometimes we forget to wait for the answer. So that's what I got to be doing. Uh, had a, had that late night last night, uh, tomorrow, right after, uh, uh, tomorrow in the, in the late afternoon, I'm going to head out and I'm going to, uh, spend some time in quiet. And, uh, this is kind of maybe a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today on today's show. It's a very exciting show. Uh, we're going to be talking with a guy by the name of, uh, Shane Hetty. Uh, it's spelled C H E N E, uh, which I completely butchered. If you, uh, watch my, my Instagram feed at all, my Facebook live events that I do, you know that I absolutely butchered his name, but, uh, but I, I had a conversation and now I know his name is Shane, uh, Hetty, Shane Hetty. And he wrote a great book, uh, called numbering my days, how the liturgical calendar rearranged my life. Now, I have yet to have it completely rearrange my life, but I have begun to try and understand the ebbs and the flows of the seasons. I, I try to live in the moment on those big feasts, you know, the the Lenten, uh, the Lenten fast, the Advent fast, and then the Christmas and Easter feast. I try really to to grab those as fully as possible and really uh, enjoy every moment of them. But uh, Shane is going to talk to us here in in just a couple of minutes in the next segment. Uh, we're going to give him a call, and he's going to talk to us about how the everyday rhythms of the liturgical calendar of the church here uh, really shaped and reoriented the way he looked at the world uh, away from this this picture of busyness and and adulting that we've been talking about and into not only his own dream for what adulthood would look like, but I think really what what God's intent for humanity is. You know, it's not just that we have this dream of adulthood that adulthood doesn't live up to, that there is a design for adulthood to live out and reflect the glory of God that our culture, somehow we just don't quite get it. We, we get distracted by the pretty shiny things in life, uh, by the the false demands that society puts on us, and we forget who we were made to be. So that conversation is going to be just after this break. You're not going to want to go anywhere because uh, it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating discussion. In the meantime, I want you to go over to social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handle's at outside the walls. And I want you to tell me what your dream of adulthood was. When you were a kid, what was adulthood going to look like to you? And uh, how has your adulthood lived up to that? Outsidethewalls.com. Uh, you can find all of our archives, all of the social media links. Uh, come on over and have a conversation. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I am your host, Timothy Putnam. 
Oh, glad to have you here today. I have in my hands uh, a brand new book uh, by uh, Shane Hetty called Numbering My Days, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life, available on Ignatius Press. And I tell you, I get a lot of books. A lot of books come through, the mail come to me, land in my hands, and uh, and most of the time I say, well, that, that's going to be a, a good interview, or hey, that's going to be a great giveaway. People are going to really be interested in that book. Uh, this book came into my hands. I opened the package. I looked at the cover, which is striking, by the way, but I opened the cover and I said, oh, I'm going to read this book. The, the, I'm not giving this book away. This book is mine. Uh, and this is something that uh, the topic is near and dear to my heart. I, I'm So I'm really looking forward to this interview. So Shane, thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks so much for having me. You know, this is this book just kind of encapsulates one of my passions, this whole idea of of living the faith that's handed down to us by the church, not just a, as a go to mass on Sundays, but but kind of live through the rhythms uh, of the liturgical year that that the church gives us opportunities to feast and fast and and celebrate uh, throughout the course of the year. And uh, I started reading this, and I haven't gotten too terribly far in, but I knew just from the first couple of pages that I wanted to bring you on the show. Uh, because you expressed in here something that, uh, that I've experienced many times, and that's, that's this idea of my life is so busy, I cannot add one more thing, one more devotional, one more uh, hour of prayer or holy. I'm just so full how am I expected to grow in my faith? And so talk to us a little bit about what your life looked like before the rearranging, uh, according to the liturgical year. Sure. Yeah, in many ways, that's where the book came from. So uh, at, at the time, uh, I'm working about 60 hours a week. I have an hour commute to and from work uh, each way. Uh, I've got a one-year-old daughter, uh, so I, I'm barely sleeping. Uh, and I'm guzzling enormous amounts of coffee just to try to keep myself kind of propped up and erect. Um, and so uh, as as the book opens, actually, I, I'm sitting in a coffee shop uh, with my daughter uh, trying to you know, guzzle you know, more coffee so I can continue <laughs> to function. Uh, and I'm shoving little bits of croissant at her across uh, the table uh, uh, and encouraging her to sing the song Old MacDonald, which she loves to sing over <laughs> and over again. So she so she won't disturb me while I work because at the same time, I'm trying to multitask and get some things done. Uh, you know, for my job. Uh, so as, as I sit here guzzling coffee, trying to distract my daughter uh, so I can work, uh, it, it suddenly hits me. Uh, there's something wrong with my life. Uh, yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with this way of living. That I, I'm going to mass on Sunday uh, every week. I'm a practicing Catholic, but uh, I want to think that my life is focused on my faith. I want to think that my life is focused on my family, but but obviously, really, it's it's not if I'm if I'm sitting here, you know, ignoring uh, the the one year old who who's in front of me just so I can get another task done for work. I so I started to feel like, you know, my my life uh, I was kind of spread thin, uh, torn in many uh, many directions, and that, that my life didn't really have the center, uh, or in faith or in family that I would I would have liked to to think it did. Uh, and I kind of turned to the liturgical year to sort of uh, to see if it would help me develop that sense of center that I felt like I was lacking. Now I, I'm curious. What is it? Uh, what was the the moment uh, that that you thought I need to improve my life? Uh, what was the thing, the catalyst that brought the liturgical year as the means to achieve that end? Sure. Uh, it just happened uh, that you know, at the very time that I'm 
I'm having these thoughts. I, I've been, been reading a book uh, by John Keeble, uh, who was a, a poet in the 1800s. Nobody knows who he was now. He was a bestseller back then. Mm-hmm. He was a very close friend of blessed John Henry Newman. Uh, so I, I'd actually been reading this book of poems that he wrote uh, about the liturgical year, about the Anglican liturgical year, uh, and how the liturgical year can, uh, can can shape your life and shape how you see the world. Uh, but I'd been doing what uh, what professors are famous for doing, uh, which is you study something in the abstract and you never think about uh, applying it to your life in any way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then it struck me that I, I actually perhaps here had a I had an answer, I kind of had a solution because the liturgical year. I was feeling like, you know, I was spread thin, that I had no kind of no center, uh, that I didn't really have direction. Um, and the liturgical year is where the church takes um, the, the story of salvation history and the story of Christ and the story of the saints and applies it to the days of our lives. You know, kind of, kind of get, helps us to, to perceive that meaning and perceive that that, that, that center. So that, that's uh, where I ended up seeking that in the liturgical year. So we're talking about your new book. This We're talking about Sh- uh, Shane Hetty new book called Numbering My Days, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life. And so here you are, you've, you've come to this realization that, that I've come to many times. Uh, I, I know that, that you've likely come to a couple of times, that something's not quite right. And so uh, my life doesn't look the way I expected it to look. Uh, my faith is not having the impact that I hoped that it would have. So now you've read this, this uh, poetry, uh, likely because it was connected to your work. You're an English professor, so that makes sense. But let's talk about the power of poetry. You read this poet who draws you to the liturgical year. How do you even begin? How do you start? You know, there's all kinds of resources out there that talk about the liturgical year. Uh, in your busy life, passing like ships in the night with your wife, uh, trying to to parent your daughter and make sure that someone was always there with her, how did you get to the place where you had the the time and the direction to approach the liturgical year in a uh, in a substantive way? Well, I would encourage everyone to to try to approach the liturgical year in a substantive way, and I would encourage everybody to uh, you know, try to start uh, you know, simply. Um, it doesn't have to take a, a lot of time, uh, especially at first. Um, if you go to the website for the United States Council of Catholic Bishops, uh, you can uh, have the, the liturgical readings for, for each day, the readings from the lectionary, uh, and a, a, a basic indication of, of what uh, day it is in the liturgical year. You can have that emailed to your inbox uh, every morning. So if you're the sort of person like I was, where your whole life is sort of driven by uh, you know, taking care of your uh, your work calendar and cleaning out your email inbox, you, you can make this be a part of that pattern. You can uh, – so – uh, it's not hard to get the readings. Um, it only takes, you know, uh, maybe you know, five or 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. uh, to, to do the readings. Um, so it, it doesn't have to take a lot of time to start with. A lot of it is, uh, in, in your perspective. Um, the book is in many ways about the kind of disproportionate spiritual benefits of what's really a, a simple, uh, you know, basic Catholic practice. Um, looking at the readings, uh, and not just not just doing the readings, but taking the readings as not just the truth, but the truth I need to hear on this day, mm. uh, as the, the kind of uh, as the the answer that I need for my life right now, and then trying throughout the day to go back to those readings and to think your life through in those terms, and that starts to change your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the, one of the things we do on this show uh, is we always approach a reading for the day. We'll do that in the last segment uh, from from that USCCB, from the, the missile. 
But then we'll also do uh, a reading from church history out of the, uh, the breviary each week. So you started with the liturgical calendar by approaching these readings in your inbox. Uh, what was your next step? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, well, the, the, the big step here is uh, starting to try to like orient your, you know, not simply do the readings, but kind of orient your, your life uh, around them, um, which sounds small. Um, and I guess in some ways, uh, it, it, in terms of time, it, it's not a, a hugely time-consuming practice, but it, it involves a major reorientation. Um, un, until I, uh, I started doing this, uh, I didn't realize how, in many ways, sort of you know, thoughtless uh, I, I was on, on a daily basis. So you just uh, that, that we kind of often kind of live our lives automatically, kind of bouncing from thing to thing, or uh, saying or doing the first thing that comes um, to mind. And then, uh, so I had a challenge now that. Uh, Whenever I was faced with a decision, whenever I had to to speak to someone, I had to just stop for that split second and think about, you know, what would the liturgical you know, readings for this day uh, have me say? What, you know, what would they, they have me do uh, to start to develop a little bit um, of what, you know, spiritual writers call call recollection? Uh, and until I, <laughs> until I started doing it, I didn't realize how little of it uh, I had. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, this isn't in the book, but actually at the beginning of the year, I, I was so flurried with running from thing to thing. I actually had the, I was running to, to mass at the last second and I actually had the priest stop me as I was trying to dash into the church and like, grab me by the arm and say, calm down. <laughs> uh, whatever it is, it's not that important. <laughs> uh, and I, I was very kind of flurried. Um, and, and so one basic thing here is developing the practice of, of recollection or contemplation, kind of stepping back from the moment and trying to see things from, from God's perspective. And I think the liturgical year kind of helps us with that a lot. Yeah. We're talking with Shane Hetty about his new book, Numbering Our Days, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life. And, you know, I, I think about this idea of recollection. Uh, there was a time where I, I took on a, a brand new job. I was brand new married and, and, uh, we were expecting our first child and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to handle, uh, the kind of tasks that were going to roll across my desk with, with the, uh, with the speed that they needed. And, uh, I remember just thinking uh, the only way that I can get through this is, is with God. And so I, this was before I was Catholic and I took a little, uh, sticky note, right? One of those post-it notes. And I just wrote on, uh, from the Psalms, um, uh, oh Lord, do not let me be put to shame, right? And I put that right at the bottom of my uh, my screen, so I saw it all day long. It didn't take me any time, but it reminded me at every moment with every task that it's God who I need to rely on, and not my own strength and not my own abilities, mm-hmm. but but to to recollect and remember where my strength comes from. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation just after this break with uh, Shane Hetty about Shane Hetty about his new book, "Numbering My Days: How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life." Available now on Ignatius Press. Why don't you join our conversation over at Facebook.com/slash Step Outside the Walls? On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. And talk to me about one time that Scripture helped you through your day. Just one of those things that as you recollected on it throughout your day, it really made all the difference. Comment there over it outside the walls, and we will be right back after this break.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I am your host, Timothy Putnam. And we're talking today about how the rhythms and seasons of the, the church calendar uh, can positively impact our lives. We're talking with Shane Hetty, author of the brand new book from Ignatius Press, Numbering My Days, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life. And you know, every day, we, we, we just now passed the first uh, the first day of fall. We're brand new in the fall, and we have our seasons of the uh, of the the world calendar, right? I don't don't have the the word for it, the non-liturgical calendar. And the, the leaves are already starting to turn a little bit, which is not really fair because it hasn't gotten cold yet. Uh, but leaves are starting to turn, and and soon it's going to snow, and we're going to have uh, winter. And then you know the seasons affect us, uh, and there's there's nothing we can really do about it. We're we are affected by. I'm personally very much affected by the cold because I grew up in Texas. Uh, and so th- there are forces that act upon us from the year uh, that affect the way we approach our day. And the liturgical calendar offers us that same thing on a, on a spiritual level uh, as we approach feasts and fasts, as we approach the celebration of the lives of the saints, as we approach the, the readings that the church has given to us. And, uh, and it's, it's something that is just quite profound. And we're talking with uh, Shane about his experience of that. So, uh, Shane, you wrote this book, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life. You talked to us about uh, how you first realized that something was wrong and how you first began to approach the liturgical calendar. The question I have is what difference has it made? Oh, it, it's made a, a lot of difference. Um, how, we, how we approach time is, is also kind of a question of, of, of how we live our lives. Um, you know, many of us, and I think uh, this is true of me at the beginning of the book, um, we're, we're, we're Christians, but the way we really experience life, and I talk about this in the book, is is not in terms of the liturgical calendar, but in terms of, like, uh, for me, the Microsoft Outlook calendar, <laughs> uh, where, like, another task pops up every 15 minutes, uh, and you're continually just trying to fulfill these tasks. And so mm-hmm. most of us kind of live lives that are focused around kind of work and leisure, where there's, you know, the, the work week and the weekend. Um rather than around sacred time. And, and that says something about um, how we view ourselves and that, that becomes how we view ourselves, uh, that we tend to view ourselves as kind of producers and consumers, um, you know, people who, who make things at work and, and consume things at leisure rather than as divine creations. Hmm. Um, and so the liturgical year can be a way of, of uh, connecting us uh, with, uh, with what faith tells us who we really are. Uh, and kind of reminding us, you know, you know, who we really are under God and, and what kind of world we actually uh, live in. Uh, so you know, for, for me, uh, it, uh, as I went through the year, uh, I found my values being uh, altered uh, and what, what mattered to me uh, you know, changing. Uh, and I found my relationships you know, with, with my family deepening. Um, there are any number of moments uh, that would illustrate this. Um but uh, you, know, you know, one of them is uh, you know, my wife and I are trying to decide uh, over the course of this year if we should you know, buy a bigger house, um, sort of uh, uh, that would be more expensive in a better neighborhood and that sort of thing. Um, and on one of the days when we were you know, closest to, to making this decision, when we started to feel like we'd had things figured out, um, the reading was uh, Jesus telling the young man, if you truly love me, uh, go uh, sell all you have and give to the poor. <laughs> And it's, like, it's hard. Thanks Sorry, a lot. Thanks a lot, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned the book that 
the liturgical wisdom, uh, uh, liturgical year has a kind of wisdom uh, and has a way of kind of foreseeing where we're going, uh, and that we don't really always want to hear what it has to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's pretty hard to go try to buy you know, your dream house uh, on the day when you've just been reminded uh, of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the, the kind of like unthinking materialism uh, we can all have ended up getting uh, challenged there. And also uh, perhaps uh, you know, being a bit of a workaholic and not uh, focused enough on my family. Uh, and there are any number of, of stories in the year where the liturgical year is is coming at things from God's perspective. Um, it's it's applying the, the, the story of salvation history. It's applying the story of Jesus. It's applying the saints to our daily lives. And that's a very different perspective that we often get caught up in. And so yeah, applying that kind of perspective to my to, to my life started to, to reshape me in a lot of ways in terms of my relationships and my values. Now, generally, when this kind of thing happens, your family notices this kind of a change. Uh, was your family drawn into this, this uh, liturgical rhythm as well? And how are you passing that on to your daughter? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, in, uh, at first, it was just something I was doing as an experiment for myself. But um, the way if you're married to somebody, you'll, you'll just keep continually talking about whatever you're doing. Um, I, I found myself constantly talking about the liturgical readings at, you know, at breakfast and lunch and dinner. Uh, and uh, and so my wife uh, you know, became interested in, in the experiment and started doing the readings uh, herself which, uh, she, uh, as well, which she hadn't previously. Um, so uh, that was also very useful because, of course, I think every couple needs to have sort of a common, common center mm-hmm. uh, in, in God. Uh, and the liturgical readings provided a kind of a concrete reference point where we're both trying to perceive our lives through this angle. And we both done the same readings each day. So I would certainly encourage couples uh, you know, to do this. I think it, it brought us closer to God. It brought us closer to each other. Um, my daughter, uh, who at, at the time of the uh, of the book, is between one and two. Um, I, I actually I narrate in the book uh, going to Palm Sunday Mass with her. And she tries to like, eat the palm, and I try to wrestle away from her. Um, but some years have passed since I wrote the book. She's she's six now. Okay. Um, so it's it's interesting. Uh, she's a first grader uh, in Catholic in our local Catholic school here, uh, and uh, now in religion class. Um, they'll be teaching her uh, about the uh, every Friday. They teach her about the gospel for for the Sunday. Uh, so she's been through a thorough lesson on it, and uh, she's she's a very smart little girl, and uh, she she loves to talk. Uh, that I talk about that in the book how you know, verbose she is. Um, I I guess the uh, the children a child of an English professor might be doomed to that, <laughs> um, but uh, she's still like that. And um, I, I discussed in the book how now actually we kind of have things reversed. In the book, I'm trying to introduce her to liturgical year, and I'm taking her to Palm Sunday Mass, even if that just means that she eats the palms. Um, but now in some ways things have been reversed, where she's she studied the uh, the reading so much uh, for Sunday uh, in her Catholic school that I'll take her to church, and then uh, as soon as we get in the car, she'll start you know, giving me a lecture hmm. um, about where we are, at, where we're at in the church calendar, and the exact meaning of the parables we we just heard. It's really it's really quite beautiful. Yeah. We're talking with Shane Hetty about his brand new book, Numbering My Days, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life. Let's, let's go back and talk about uh, your, your process of reading these uh, readings with your spouse. I, I, there's a, a depth of, uh, of insight you can get from that because, frankly, my wife sees things in the gospel that I missed. She's got a completely different perspective. Uh, and in that perspective, it helps me inform my days and, and helps me inform the way that I interact with others around me. Uh, and so have, have you found uh, an increased depth from when you started your project uh, to when now your wife came on board and began interacting with you over those readings? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, like uh, like scripture says, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, that uh, yeah, that and and that you know, that the thoughts of two people are going to be wiser than, than the thoughts of one. And uh, and yeah, we 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 try to we search for wisdom in the scriptures, and certainly it's there. But we do see things from our, our particular perspective. Um, and yeah, there there were there were definitely things uh, I, I was missing uh, or different uh, challenges um, that I wasn't up to. I, I, I talk in the book about. Um, coming to be increasingly uh, open uh, open to life and open to, to God, sort of, um, you're, you're rearranging your lives, perhaps by, by adding uh, adding children to the family or by um, sort of reorienting uh, stuff. Um, and uh, that especially came in, in, in my wife's perspective and in, in, in my wife's reading. I, I, that was often in the readings, um, but I was, uh, but I, I was missing it. Um, and uh, what uh, you know, some of this and some things really resonated with me, like um, the all this stuff about giving to the poor and about concerns about materialism uh, that were really speaking to me that sometimes she would miss on, on the first uh, time. Uh, and I think we, we both uh, deepened uh, in our relationship with God and, and, and grew in some important ways by kind of putting those those two things together, by kind of challenging you, by both kind of affirming each other, but also kind of challenging each other to, to grow. In, in the brief moment we have left, what would you say to someone who would say, uh, well, you know, this is just the same calendar over and over and over again. How can something that's so uh, defined and, and wrote uh, really have a positive impact on, on my daily life? Well, definitely. Um, there's a, yeah, a, a great, great answer to that. Um, which uh, you know, John Henry Newman, he actually said this about the, the classics of literature in general, but it's even more true of the Bible, um, that when, when you come, uh, that these works are, uh, that the Bible is so rich uh, that, of course, every time you come back to it, uh, you will see something you didn't see before because you're at a different place in life uh, than you were before. And you're able to see things from a different angle than you, you possessed previously. There's more there than you can get out of it. Uh, at any one moment. And that's true uh, of the liturgical readings and liturgical seasons uh, as well. Um, I've been, you know, I've been on this practice uh, enough years now that I've, I've been repeating cycles. Uh, and it's it's been far from repetitious. In fact, I, I, I see so many things, so many different things I didn't notice before, that it almost seems strange to think that I actually, you know, did this before and wrote a whole book about it. <laughs> um, but there, there's always, uh, there's always something, something new there. And of course, uh, this, in the spiritual life, uh, we always, uh, have space to, to kind of grow and uh, grow and develop. And I think each year is, is a challenge uh, for us that way. And, and each time the readings will kind of spur us on a little further towards the kingdom of God. Shane, thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks so much for having me. So we've been talking with Shane Hetty about his brand new book, Numbering, Our, Numbering My Days, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life, available right now on Ignatius Press. Uh, I'm not giving my copy of this book away because uh, I love it. I'm going to read it over and over again. Uh, and share it with those who are near and dear to me. Um, so you'll, you're going to have to go buy your own copy this time. Uh, you can get it on IgnatiusPress.com. Why don't you join our conversation over at Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls on Twitter. The handle is at Outside the Walls. Uh, and talk to me about how your experience of the liturgical calendar has affected your life. Maybe it hasn't yet. Maybe it's something you're interested in. Uh, pick up this book, Numbering My Days, We'll be right back after this.
I'm Timothy Putnam. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. Okay, so just before the break, uh, just before the break, I told you that that book was published by Ignatius Press and that you could get to it. I told you to go to IgnatiusPress.com, but if you do that, you're going to end up uh, at a non-existent website. So you want to go to Ignatius.com. No press, just Ignatius.com. And look up Shane Hetty's book. The book is Numbering My Days, How the Liturgical Calendar Rearranged My Life. Uh, I'm going to keep my copy, uh, and you're going to have to get your own. But the good news is I do have a book to give away. This next Friday, uh, I'm going to be giving away on Facebook Live. I'm going to be giving away a copy of uh, I Burned for Your Peace, uh, Peter Kreef's new book, I burned for your peace. It is uh, the the Augustine's Confessions unpacked by none other than the great Peter Kreeft. It's uh, going to be just a uh, a fascinating book if it's anything like his others. He just has a way of unpacking things in a very succinct and clear way. Uh, and so I'm going to be giving that book away on Facebook Live this coming Friday. And if you want to be eligible for that, it's a really, really simple process. All you do is you become a friend of the show. What's a friend of the show? I'm so glad you asked. A friend of the show is someone who loves this show so much. They uh, they either listen on Oklahoma Catholic Broadcasting Network, they listen on the Breadbox Media Network, or they listen on podcast and they love this show. Uh, they think that this is uh, pretty nifty and uh, they want to be a part of it on a greater level. And so they go to OutsideTheWalls.com and click on the Become a Friend of the Show tab. And there at the Become a Friend of the Show tab, they decide how much, at what level, they want to support the work of this show. So they can do a couple of things. They being, of course, you, if you've not yet done so. Uh, you, you decide how many cups of coffee is this show worth to you per month, right? Maybe, uh, maybe you want to give two cups of coffee a month. Ten bucks a month, that makes you eligible for all of... Uh, all of the material that we have it makes you eligible for the special content, the extra blogs, the extra videos, and the uh, the book giveaways that happen uh, semi-regularly. They'll happen at a more regular pace as we go along. Uh, and so maybe you want to give two cups of coffee, 10 bucks. Maybe you say, you know what, this show is so good, I want to give you know a, a whole pound of coffee. Uh, and so you do uh, $15, $20 a month. I'm okay with that. You can give any amount you want. $10 a month makes you eligible for all of our giveaways, all of our special content. Uh, right there at OutsideTheWalls.com, you become a friend of the show. Uh, fill out that information. Say how many cups of coffee you want to be in for per month. And uh, we will enter your name into these drawings. Of course, we're giving away the Peter Kreeft book, but I have tons more uh, that I'm looking at here on my desk here in the Studio D, just waiting to give away from quality Catholic publishers like Ignatius Press, like Ave Maria Press, a uh, couple from Catholic Answers, and much, much more. Uh, so I, I hope that you'll avail yourself of that. And uh, by doing so, you, you say, hey, I love this show, and I love knowing that. You also say, hey, uh, I want you to be able to continue doing this show for as long as possible and still be able to feed your children. See how wonderful that is? That's just, that's an excellent thing to be a part of. So uh, become a friend of the show and watch Facebook Live. 
Facebook Live. Of course, if you win, I'll let you know. But watch Facebook Live over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. We'll have a nice little uh, in-person, face-to-face giveaway of that that specific book, I Burn for Your Peace by Peter Kreeft. Well, let's go ahead and continue uh, our conversation today. Uh, I want to spend a little bit of time in in the psalm of the day. We don't do this all that often, although I think we did last week as well. But um, I love the psalms. And just speaking of of feeling the rhythms of Scripture, this this poetry of the psalms just really helps us feel a little bit of that rhythm, get into the cadence of it in a way that, that prose doesn't really offer. And I think that as we look to what does it look like for us to to lay down those things that we think we have to do and pick up uh, a different rhythm of life. I think that today's responsorial psalm just really helps us uh, grab a hold of that a little bit more fully. So today's psalm uh, comes from Psalm 90, and we hear this. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight, or as yesterday, now that it is past, or as a watch of the night. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You make an end of them in their sleep. The next morning they are like the changing grass, which at dawn springs up on you, but every evening wilts and fades. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord. How long? Have pity on your servants. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy and gladness all our days. And may the gracious care of the Lord our God be ours. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. And in that, in that reading right there, what I what I see so much is that uh, all of our own efforts are really not worth anything. They're 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 in the long run in the history of the universe, fairly worthless, right? We're, we're we spring up like the grass and then we're gone. And so we need Christ to fill us with his kindness. We need to live life really not so frenetic, to to walk day by day and really live the rhythms, to teach us to number our days aright, and then to realize that we can do so much, but we need the gracious care of our Lord and our God to be ours. And we ask for him to prosper the work of our hands. And we also ask for direction on what the work of our hands is should be. At least that's how I see it. So uh, that's our our reading out of Scripture. I also want to read to you out of church history. And of course, I generally, and today is no exception, I generally get our readings uh, from church history out of the breviary, those those seasons, speaking of the liturgical seasons of the church. The breviary is another way that we participate in that uh, that rhythm of the seasons of the church. There's four volumes of prayer that cover the different seasons. And so here we are, we're in uh, ordinary time, and we read this from a discourse on the Psalms 
by St. Hilary. The river of God is brimming with water. You have provided their food, for this is your way of preparing them. There can be no doubt about the river referred to, for the prophet said, There is a river whose streams gladden the city of God. And in the gospel, the Lord himself says, Streams of living water welling up to eternal life will flow from the heart of anyone who drinks the water I shall give him. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. The river of God is brimming with water. That is to say, we are inundated by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And from that fountain of life, the river of God pours into us in full flood. We also have food prepared for us. And who is this food? It is he in whom we are prepared for life with God. For by receiving his holy body, we receive a place in the communion of his body. This is what is meant by the words of the psalm, You have provided their food, for this is your way of preparing them. For as well as refreshing us now, that food also prepares us for the life to come. We who have been reborn through the sacrament of baptism experience intense joy when we feel within us the first stirrings of the Holy Spirit. We begin to have an insight into the mysteries of faith, We are able to prophesy and to speak with wisdom. We become steadfast in hope and receive the gift of healing. Demons are made subject to our authority. These gifts enter us like a gentle rain, and once having done so, little by little, they bring forth fruit in abundance. That reading is from a uh, a discourse on the Psalms by St. Hilary. And it comes from the breviary uh, out of the office of readings, which is one of the the first office of the day, the first reading of the day. Uh, And that comes from uh, today, from the the Saturday. Um, So do you feel tired? Do you need to be refreshed? Then approach the seasons of the church. Approach the liturgy of the church, those liturgical seasons, and be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. Do you feel tired and weak? Then come and approach the sacrament and receive the body and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, through whom we have a sharing in the divine life. Come and be nourished. If you feel like life is just too busy and too stressed, then put aside your picture of what adulting looks like, just for a day. And reorient yourself, just like uh, Shane talked about. Reorient yourself according to the rhythms of the church calendar. Just approach today's readings. You can get to them on usccb.org and begin your journey into the fullness of the church calendar. Let it inform your life. That's all the time we have for today. Outside the Walls is a co-production of Breadbox Media and St. Michael Radio, heard around the world on live streaming, terrestrial radio, and podcast. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.